Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. I thought we were going to look at chapter one first. That's why I just shared with what I had seen in chapter one. Well, please go yeah. ahead, continue. Okay. Because in chapter one, it seemed like he's talking about our our fellowship together collectively because he talks about in verse um, we read from chapter one verse one through verse three amen amen that was which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that, that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So to me, what he's saying is that if we're going to walk together in fellowship, we have to have a common understanding of who God is and what is this word of life. And that he's in this book, he's going to share with us those things which he thinks are going to enrich us first collectively. That's what he's discussing in chapter one. Then in chapter two, he's talking to us personally what are some things that we personally need to need to understand in order to have that um, joy that, that that our joy may be full that he talks about in chapter one i mean that's just the way i see it i don't know if anybody else sees something different in chapter one and then going into chapter two yeah most the same Okay, I don't, I, I mean, I, there's something that is in chapter one that I, I'm surprised everybody missed. And that was in the very first verse. Well, I wouldn't say you missed it. You just probably didn't want to emphasize it. But in the very first verse, he says that our hands have handled this word of life. Do you notice that? Yes. 
do any of us remember when last our hands handled the word of life? See, when you meditate on this, you will understand he is not referring to your physical hands, correct? Yes, that's where I was yeah, saying yeah. that the, the common understanding, that's when I was looking at it, when he says you've handled the word of life, that we've yeah. seen it, bear witness, and he's shown it unto us. Okay, so if you have physical hands, you also have spiritual hands. What he's talking about here is evidence. Okay? In other words, if I say to you, I have a dime worth $20 million, you can go to somebody and say, Mike has a diamond worth $20 million. The next thing the person is going to ask you is, did you see it? <laughs> Then you go, yes, I saw it. So, well, did you touch it? How do you know it's real? And that's what verse one is saying. It says, that which was right. from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. This here, this one verse here is powerful. Because there are some of us that have heard. There are even fewer that have seen. And there's almost none that has touched. So these are different grades of experience that an individual has in her relationship with God. Do you remember when you finish church, sometimes they will say, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of what? The Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy notice, Spirit. notice that in verse 3, he says, our fellowship is with who? Did he say the Holy Spirit? The Father. And with the, his Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit is the fellowship of the Father and the Son. What does this mean? What John is saying, oh, by the way, that statement that we make after church is correct. It's good because it's from, it's from scripture. What John is saying is when you come to God, what happens is you enter into a relationship. He's not just talking about God the Father and Jesus Christ. He's talking about you. He's saying your life now is the experience of a relationship with a child and his father. Do you get it? Yeah. He's not referring to Jesus' own relationship with God. He's saying, you are now involved in that relationship, okay? You, just as Jesus has a personal relationship with God, 
you also now have the same relationship with God. Do you get it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Let us go and find out how I know this. Because this man, John, wrote another book called the book of John, which we read before. So let's turn to John chapter 14 or thereabouts. Okay, let's go backwards to the book of John. Okay. Amen. Amen. John chapter 14. Amen. Okay. All right. Uh, where he says, whatever you ask in my name. Verse 13. What does it say there? And good, what, good, good, good. And so before that, yeah. okay. From verse 12, we take it to um, verse 17. Anybody can read. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Read verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He's sending the Holy Spirit to you. But who is, did he say is coming to you? Somebody else? Or himself? Himself. To us. Himself. Himself. I want you to see here that it's the same person. Okay. Listen, look at, let's, let's go back. It says, Verse 13 says, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Is that not so? Yes. Verse 14, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, in the okay. same context, he's saying if you ask his father for anything, his father will do it for you. Okay? Go on, go on further. He says, he will send the Holy Spirit to you. And then furthermore, he says, I will leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Does anyone know where he says something about sending the comforter to us? Somewhere here? I've read it. I've read it elsewhere. Okay. It's in here. Okay. Okay. Oh, to verse 26. Okay, what does it say? Amen. Amen. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, 
he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Excellent. So when you read this, it sounds as though two different people are coming to you. Jesus is coming to you and the Holy Ghost is coming to you. Correct? Right, it does. But, but he's not saying that. He himself just told us, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Over here, he says, the Holy Ghost will come to you. That is why when John talked about the fellowship of the Father and the Son, Paul called it the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That's why you and I say, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. As though we're talking about three different people. But we're not. All the same. All the same. Now, you are being... Okay, let me, let, this is the way to look at it. Aha, I got the best picture. Imagine you are a ball of fire, a small ball of fire. Amen? Amen. And it's this big, huge flame of fire, huge, bigger than the ones in California. And you went into it. What harm can it do to you? None. None. Now, skip quickly to back to First John. Okay. Amen. Okay. Did anybody remember the place where it says, for as he is, so are we? Okay, somebody help me search that up. Verse it's seven. Either first or verse second seven. What? Oh, no, it's a, no, never mind. I thought it was verse 7, but it's not. Okay, it's Okay. Somebody can search, just search your computer for me. That's a very important verse for us to understand this. I believe it's in First John, but it might be Second John. It says, for as he is, so are we in this world. First John chapter four. Okay, verse seventeen. Verse 17. Okay, good. So it's, it's the first John. So everybody yeah. would have read it, but you probably missed it, right? Evidently. Okay. Notice there he says, Herein is our love made what? Perfect. Perfect. That we may have what? Boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. That's why I talked about the ball of fire, remember? Right. Yes. That a small ball of fire doesn't see a huge, gigantic flame and become petrified. Are you with me? Yes. Yes. Whatever Amen. relationship is taking place within the huge fire is what is taking place between the small fire. They are essentially of the same nature. 
Now, look at chapter 1, verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 8 and 9. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all right unrighteousness. Okay, fine. Now read chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Amen. Amen. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Do you see the seeming contradiction here between 8 and 9 here and 8 and 9 in chapter 1? Hello? Yeah. Here he's saying in verse 9 that whoever is born of God does not commit sin. But in verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? right. Verse 8 says, if we say we have not sinned, we're liars, we're deceiving ourselves. Is everybody there? Yeah, yes. that's, that's yeah. before we accept Christ. So in the Holy Spirit, in God, God views you as sinless, as unable to sin. Hmm, all right. Because inside of you, you do not want to sin. Amen. 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 And this is what John is trying to communicate. Okay? This is what John is trying to communicate and he's telling you use love as a barometer to check and determine whether you are in him. He said, if you hate your brother, you are in what? Darkness. Darkness. Mm -hmm. He started off by saying that God is light. So hatred is darkness. Love is light. Yes. So he says, if you have love, which is what Sister Billy was talking about, he says, on the time God appears, you will not have fear. Now let's look at let's look at that in um, chapter four. From verse 17 to 20. Abele, do you want to read that? Because you brought it up. Chapter 4, 17 to 20. Yeah. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him 
because he loved, he first loved us. 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? So you see that the basis upon which you can withstand that huge fire coming at you is that you love your brother. Yes. Do you understand why Stephen could not allow the stoning by those idiots to make him hate them? Love is not optional. It's the whole shebang. It's the whole thing. Yeah. Do you see that? Yes. It says, yeah. verse 18 says, there is no fear. Fear for who? Fear of God. But perfect love casts out fear. Verse 17 says, hearing is love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. That means when your flame meets up with the big flame. Mm. Who knows that the Bible says our God is a consuming fire. Amen. Amen. So the fire is love. So when somebody says he's on fire for God, you've heard that phrase before. It means yeah. this person loves God so much he wants to take the gospel all over the world. Every day you see her, she's devising some method of getting the gospel out. Because there's something that she has found. And it's like a fire in her bones. She's got to get it out. Paul said, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Do you remember him saying that? Yes. He was saying, I can't stop myself. I must take this good news. And you read here where John says he is the appropriation for our sins. Does anybody remember where we saw that? That Jesus is the appropriation for our sins and not only us. It's in chapter 2, verse 2. Okay, what does it say? Amen. Amen. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That means every single person in the world has been forgiven. Did you see that? Because he said, not, our, not just for you and I who are born again. Yes. Now, the worst person you see out there, Adolf Hitler, God has forgiven him, but he cannot receive that forgiveness and love and eternal life. Why? Can somebody tell me why? He didn't admit it. He didn't what? He, asked, he didn't admit it and ask for forgiveness. He hates his brother. No. Just one thing. Liz was closer. It's ABC. He doesn't feel sorry. He doesn't feel sorry for what he did. No. He didn't ask for it. There you go. No, he didn't. Uh, he didn't ask for Jesus Christ to forgive him. Uh. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
He never called. Now, I, I, we, you, me and you are assuming that, okay, we might be wrong. We don't know, okay? So what we're saying, like the thief on the cross, you think people knew that that man made peace with God just before he died? The Bible is the one that knows that and is telling you and I what happened. The very worst person you knew in the whole world who had five minutes on their deathbed made peace with God, but you don't know it. And you go to heaven one day, you'd be surprised to see him there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay? And John is saying here that you have something in you that is the nature of God and that thing that you have in you because of it, you cannot sin. Now, who I believes him? I believe him because in chapter 2, twice, he kind of hints at that in verse 20 and 21 and also again in verse 27. Okay. In verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Okay. As he was talking before then about the Antichrist and yeah. uh, you know, being seduced. And then in verse 27, he says, But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it is, as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Very good. So that means he's saying that Liz, you don't need anybody to teach you because the whole Listen, oh, beautiful. I just got a revelation, a zip file. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Dr. K will understand this one, a zip file. Okay, you send a zip file to somebody and the person doesn't know they have to open the zipper, right? right. And they tell you, it's, the program isn't working. The program isn't working. You say, but I've sent it to you. It's a zip file. That's what he's saying here. Okay, he's saying that there's, by receiving Jesus, you've received what you need to have that love spread out throughout your whole body, throughout your mind. Okay? I mean, when you read that word there where it says you don't need anyone to teach you, correct? Right. I mean, he said so, right? Right. Right. So you and I still find that we turn to people to, to teach us, correct? And we benefit from their teaching. Sometimes. Yeah. Good. Uh, sometimes, right. Okay. So, so, so we're not experientially, we're not where God sees us. In other words, it's like this. You have a kid and he doesn't think he can do it, but you know he can do it. He doesn't know he can do it. You know he can do it. So you relate with him based on what he can do not based on what he is doing. Because where you are today is not where you're going to be five years from now. And God already knows that. So he's not losing any hope. 
you think little of yourself, God doesn't think that way of you. And that's what John was writing. I remember he says, look, if we say we have not sinned, we lie. And the truth is not in us. Right? Right. Chapter 1, right. verse 8. Chapter 1, verse 8. Okay? Then, in chapter 4, uh, where is it? He says, um, does not sin. We don't sin. Because his seed abides in us. Uh, is that verse 27, chapter 2? No. No. Where, it's, where he says, he that is born of God does not sin. We just read it. Was it chapter 3? Yes, chapter 3, verse 9. Yes. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Can we say that again? Can we all say that together? Whosoever is born of God does not sin. Okay, now turn to chapter 1, verse 9. Of, sorry, verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The What's the difference here? Um, ourself without God and ourself with God. Yes, correct. But what is the difference between these two scriptures? Take your time. The two things I asked us to read, just take your time, go over them in your mind, look at them on the paper and go over there and say, there is, I, God cannot be contradicting himself. So what's, why does this look different? I think the first one, chapter one, yes. verse eight. Yes. He's talking about us, um, you know, the blood of Jesus cleansing us from sin. And yes. so you've got to have sin for him to cleanse your sin. And now when you cleanse your sin, um, the other one, sorry, remind me again what chapter is that. Chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 9. For chapter verse. 3, verse 9, now you've been cleansed of your sin and you're not supposed to carry on. Um, just, just like I said earlier, you just carry on living like, you know, carrying on with sin, living like someone who hasn't received the Holy Spirit. Okay. So this born is what I think. The nine is saying to you, you born of God, and therefore you should not, you should not, and he said that in several places in this book, you should then, you know, stay away from sin and love, because otherwise you cannot say that you've been born, you've been born of God if you carry on sinning. That's the way okay. I understand it. Okay. Anybody else? Well, in verse 9 in chapter 3, it says that for his seed remaineth in him. Yes. That it's the seed of God in us. Yes. That God himself can't sin. So if his seed is in us. We cannot commit sin. Cannot commit sin. Okay, so how does that align... How does that not negate verse 8 in chapter 1? Because in verse 8 of chapter 1, we do have a seed in us. 
we haven't we haven't accepted it. But we have because because he's talking about himself and us. He obviously has accepted Jesus. Well, it, in chapter in verse one, eight, in eight, in chapter one, it says that if we have no sin, we okay. deceive ourselves. We okay. were all born with original sin. Everybody, put your hand together for this lady. Everybody, wherever you are, put your hand together for this lady. Oh my God, I feel like I just got some air. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's what I was talking about. In the first one, he's talking about the sinful nature. Amen? Amen. Amen. All of us are born with the sinful nature. Anybody in this world who does not accept that we have a sinful nature is deceiving himself. But then, when you come to the chapter 3, talking about the things we do, he is saying, inside us, because of the seed of God in us, the things that are sinful that we do, we do not want to do. Have you read that somewhere else before in the Bible? Yes. Remember Paul said in the book of Romans, the good that I want to do, I do not. The evil I do not want to do, that I do. If therefore I do that which I would not, I prove that it is no longer I that do it, but what? Sin that dwelleth in me. You guys see how the Bible connects to each other? Yes. Yes. Does everybody know this quote I just gave and where it is in the Bible? Should we go take a look at it? Did you say Romans? Sorry? Did you say it was in Romans? Yes, it's in Romans. Yeah. Does anybody know where it is in Romans? Let's look for it. Let's go to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 7. Okay. Verse 17. Okay, wait for everybody to get there. 17 to 19. Amen. 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 I haven't hardly heard whose voice today, Sister Liz. Liz. Yeah, Sister Liz, what happened to you? Where have you been? In the last 10 minutes, you've been kind of quiet. I think maybe you're under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I heard her a couple times. <laughs> I said a few things. All right, all right. Okay. Should, should I read 17? Yes, yeah, seventeen to nineteen. Okay, this indicates that it is not I who do it, but sin. okay. Let's take from verse, let's take it from verse sixteen. When I act against my own will, by the very fact that I agree that the law is good, this indicates that it is not I who do it, but sin which resides in me. I know that no good dwells in me that is in my flesh. The desire to do right is there, but not the power. What happens is that I do not the good I will to do, but the evil that I did not intend. Continue. Oh, but if I do what is against my will, it is not I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. There you go. Keep going. 
No, let's stop there. So this is what you just saw John referring to. Okay? In chapter 1, he's talking about what Paul is talking about here. Okay? That we have a sinful nature. Okay? But in chapter 3 of 1 John, he's telling us, but we have the seed of God inside of us that wants to do those things that God wants. That is why if you are a woman and you're about to get married to somebody and that man is a Christian but doesn't have the best behavior, you are better off marrying that man that's a Christian that has a bad behavior than that great man that's not, not a Christian and has perfect behavior. Why? Because that man that's not a Christian has a zip file in him that hasn't been opened yet. And when it opens, it will be too late. And that Christian man that's misbehaving has a zip file in him that hasn't been opened yet. And when it's opened, you'll regret that you missed out on him. And I could say the same thing for a young man who wants to marry a girl. So the basis upon which we determine who is a friend, who is a brother, who is a sister, who is a Christian, is whether or not they have received Jesus. Because when they receive Jesus, they receive that seed, that nature, that zip file. And over time, it opens up and it begins to take total control of that person's being. But in the beginning, you don't really see it. You don't even see it in yourself. You always cry to yourself, oh, why am I still doing the same things I was doing years ago? I thought I was now born again. Look at the way I spoke. I've lost my testimony. These people will no longer believe I'm a Christian. Who cares? As long as I didn't do it intentionally, it shows that, you know, how many times have somebody done something to you and then all of a sudden you say, I don't give a damn, blah, blah, blah. And of course, your friends will come and say, I thought you were a Christian. Huh? No, that's your old nature. Um, you didn't intend to do it that way. Amen? Amen. Amen. So how do you call, help that new nature to grow? You practice love. Why? Because love is a decision you make. Love is not a feeling. What did I say? Love is a decision. Love is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Not, not a feeling. It's a decision. Okay. Yeah. Why is love not a feeling? Because love is eternal. Oh, I wish I could find it. It's right here, where it says. Oh, in the book of First John. Where it's talking about eternal life. Go to First John chapter two. From verse 15 to 17, anybody can read. Amen. Amen. Do not love the world or things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, 
but he who does the will of God abides forever. Okay, notice that he who does the will of God has everlasting life, right? Right. Yes. What is the will of God? He told us, all right? He told us the will of God is what? Love. Love. He told love us that. So if you love your brother, you abide forever. Amen? Amen. But he spoke about a different kind of love in verse 16. Right? Verse 15. Verse 15, he said, the love of the world. And he describes it. And how many kinds of love are there for the world? Did you, did you see that? Three. Very good. Point them out to us, please. He says the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Stop. Please, if you have a pencil right now, I want you to underline what Dr. K just read to us. Amen? Amen. Then I Amen. want you to turn your Bible to the book of Genesis. To chapter 3. Verse 6. Amen. Amen. Let someone else read that. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Amen. 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 Go ahead. And Go ahead, Mom. You were about to say something. Well, I'm just letting you know. I was finally there. Okay. Okay. Can you read it for us? Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Yeah. And when the woman saw that the three was good, for, that the tree, sorry, was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, he took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Do you see those same three things Kay read for us in First John just now? Yes, the same The loss of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Okay? Wow. Is it for food, right? Uh-huh. That is what? The flesh. Uh-huh. Okay? Pleasant to the eyes. Did you notice that? Yes. The lust of the eyes, which our Apostle John mentioned. And then, one to make one wise, the pride of life. Remember, it's a tree of the knowledge. Yeah. What did Paul say about knowledge in the Bible? Knowledge does what? He said, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Do you all remember that? Yes. Knowledge puffs yeah. up, but love edifies. Do you see how the whole Bible is connected? See, 
We have to come back thousands of years to see the same principle. So in your life, all you've got to watch in anybody's life are these three things. If any of these three things are motivating anybody, then that person is a gunner. Because you might look good to everybody in the world, but inside God knows you're trying to show off. You want to show off how much knowledge you have. Ooh. Do you understand? But everybody thinks, oh, he's preaching the gospel. He loves God. No, he just wants to show how much knowledge he has. Mm. The pride of life. You buy a big house, not because you need it, but because you want people to see your house. There are some people that buy a house and they have, they, they have like a party every week just for people to come and see their house. And the loss of the flesh. I don't have to speak to us much about that one. Okay? Totally other world. These three things are the things that we have had to battle with since the Garden of Eden. Okay? All right, let me, let me take a pause here. And I didn't let Liz have an opportunity or mom have an opportunity to tell us what you read from this and what you know you saw. From what I saw? Yes, during the week. Um, well, I thought that to me, um, it was the most important part was the love. And, and like you just said, I liked how you said that um, about zip files and about people who, you know, they might know every verse and they might never miss a Sunday and they might never miss the holiday and they might, they might go to the food bank and give out food and they might, you know, give all their old clothes to the place, but they're not doing any of it out of love. They're doing it so people can go, oh, she always comes to church and she always does yeah. good things. Rather than because they really care about the other people, yes. and I think I think something that in that to me is that it is very um, important to figure out are are we doing something to help someone else because we love them and want to help them, or or are we doing that thing for ourselves and we might actually be harming them. And, yes. um, so, you know, um, just the thought that comes to mind is that, um, you know, maybe they didn't realize anything was wrong with them until you kind of decided to, try, you know, put your blessing on them. And, and, you know, um, I, I just think we really need to keep that love, love in what we're doing. So, so to say, like I, I, I might teach somebody something because it will help them get a job and take care of themselves and do some things. So a loving thing would be to help them like like learning and like doing that thing. Or I could teach somebody something because I want to tell everybody, oh, I'm so great because I teach people something. And um, 
And, and it, most people might not even notice the difference, but I think God notices the difference. Yes. We have to check ourselves. We have to check ourselves all the time to find out why yeah. we're doing what we're doing. Brother Mike. Yes, ma'am. I, I had that experience this week. Uh, someone came to me for uh, complaining and didn't know they were going to end up getting counseled. And because uh, I, I prayed all through the whole time they were here and they were busy talking about someone that is following God's word filled with the Holy Spirit. And she says, they just talk too much. I, I have no confidence, no confidence because they're showing off their education and how much uh, they read the Bible. And yeah. so I let them talk. And then in the end, I said, what? When you stand in the mirror, do you see about yourself? Is it maybe jealousy because you don't have the confidence and the holy boldness to stand up and speak God's word as you studied it and as you know it? And, you know, I thought I'd never see her again, but a few hours after she left, she sent me an email, said, thank you for uncovering what I couldn't see in myself. Wow, that's awesome. And, and, that and I just shivered all day. And every time I think about it, I was so sure that I was going to keep my mouth shut, but I couldn't. Wow. And so that, just, that, is, that is what this whole, this walk is all about that. Constant introspection consistent introspection not judgment of oneself not a negative judgment not, don't pass a judgment on yourself all your job is to observe and once you observe i mean observe yourself once right. you observe yourself and acknowledge to yourself look look at what it says in verse 9 of chapter 1 first john okay it says, if we confess our sins, right? Yes. You can't confess a sin that you haven't observed. Okay? That means you confess. doesn't mean you have to go and sit in the corner of the room, light a candle, wash your hands, put on a white robe, and now talk to God. Confess just means you just look at something about your life and you feel, nah, this is really not of God. Everybody thinks I'm cool, but you know what? I'm only doing this thing because I want them to say I'm a cool guy, you know, or whatever. This isn't of God. And guess what? The Bible says, just yes, wash you clean of that. That the moment you recognize it for what it is, it's done. It's the lack of recognition, the lack of introspection of what is inside of us, the unwillingness to accept that we love to look intelligent and smart and whatever to other people it's that that god can't help us with because we refuse to see it as a vice the pride of life one to make one wise remember the three things yes 
You might not have a problem with the lust of the flesh. You might not have a problem with the lust of the eyes. But you might have a problem with the pride of life. Okay. There are people, listen, there was a president of a country out in Central uh, South America. Um, I'm trying to remember what country it was. But he used to drive, he lived in a very, he lived like in a one bedroom apartment. <laughs> um, he had a Volkswagen Beetle that was like 30 years old. And all the world press used to write about him. I don't know if anybody knows who this guy is. <clears throat> he was on, they used to put it on CNN and this and that. And I said to myself, I said, you know, for a humble guy, he's pretty popular. <laughs> In his humility. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like a friend of mine told me, the guy he met once who said, I'm not proud. Everybody can see it, knows how humble I am. <laughs> you know so you know it's like people will tell you, mother teresa mother teresa mother teresa and all of you all of you have bought into this thing that she was this holy righteous woman who cared for the poor and there's only one problem you all knew about it so how that? can God use it when everybody knows about it? <laughs> okay. The thing is, God can reveal your work, but you don't go around, you know, look, I'm not trying to knock any good thing people do. I'm just saying you and I shouldn't judge anything before the time. We don't know what motivates our neighbors to do the good things that they do. It's like women who marry somebody because the guy is always bringing flowers. Think about it. He wants something. That doesn't, you know, it, it's like a guy comes and says, I love you. I love you. And he loves you. And he loves you by always buying you things and doing all these things. The question is, would he die for you? Amen. That's 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 love. I can tell you something. If somebody was gonna kill my kid sister, I'll die first. That's love. If somebody was gonna kill my mom, I'll die first. If someone's gonna kill my dad, I'll die first. How come you and I can see love very clearly when it comes to our loved ones who we grew up with or whatever. We see it clearly. We know that we don't love them for anything they've done for us. We just love them because they're our brother, because they're our sister, because they're our child. Isn't that so? Mm. But when it comes to the outside, it becomes transactional. He bought this for me. He bought that for me. She did this for me. She did that for me. It becomes transactional. If you love me, show it. And when she says show it, it usually means your bank account. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> okay. So, I, I think I think too. Like, if do, do you love somebody enough to live for them? Of um, course. Because that's what you do for your you children. Know, I mean, that's what you do like, for your children. Yeah. When you when 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 you work and work and work, 
to provide food for them, to provide clothes, and they don't even know what you're doing for them. They're rude to you. They're all kinds, but you keep doing it. That's love. And then imagine how your child will feel if after you've done all that, about the time they get enough sense to realize what you've done for them, you die. Do you know what kind of regret that child will have for life? That's what it will be like for us on the day of judgment when we get to fully appreciate what Jesus did for us. Right, I agree. And I think sometimes we forget that to be grateful that someone is living for us, to to just, um, you know, like you said, like we, children are so busy being mad that they didn't get the latest game, you know, electronic game, or they're so mad that they didn't get the new clothes or the new tennis shoes. I mean, who needs $600 tennis shoes? My husband worked in the Air Force, and he could buy those same tennis shoes for $3 in Korea. The exact same tennis shoes made at the factory, you could buy them for $3. So who needs $600 tennis shoes? Yes. I mean, did they walk, did they walk on water to get over here? And, and yet, these kids are so busy sitting there, they don't realize, you know what? You're not working in the factory. There's kids around the world that their parents send them to work in the factory, and they better bring that money home or they get a beating. And, um, you know, parents that sell their kids to the brickyards in India, I, when I heard that, I go, oh, what? And, you know, and to, and to me, you know, look at that parent that works all week and then has that night to go watch the little show at the school. And they go, oh, no, I'm too tired. So they can't go to the show. But on Saturday night, they can get up and go uh, drinking with their friends. And that, that to me is, Sometimes you have to live for somebody. You don't just have to step in front of the bus and push them out of the way. Yes. Um, like being in, a, in, I, in the airplane where they tell you to put on your oxygen mask first before you help the person next to you. That's the Yes. Because <laughs> you're not going to do much good in your past house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, that's why they tell you that. <laughs> well, I brought that uh, uh, situation that happened uh, to me uh, up because it seems as that what we're studying today uh, will have knowledge that some other people won't have, and we just have to pray that that knowledge goes out in the right way uh, yes. from us. Uh, because this woman that I was telling you about is kind of quiet and mousy and backward, but she's full of opinions about other people, but does not know how she's viewed. And I just, fear the Lord or something just made me blurt it out for about 10 minutes to her. Yes. And, I think, uh, go ahead. You know, because she, she's not happy anywhere she goes, but for a short period of time, because she has this narrow band of how she views everybody. And she just jumps from church to church and maybe somewhere she's learned to be like that and missing her blessing. But the, the, the thing is, it's word content. What we have been doing 
is over the few weeks we've been together, we have been developing our word content. We take like the book of first John, we saw where it says the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of life. Then we went back to Genesis and saw the same three things there. Amen. Right? We, uh -huh. we talked about a few things. We went to Romans. Now, what this does to us over time is it transforms our nature. Because when I'm lying on my bed or I'm driving my car and I'm about to do something, the Holy Spirit has a word inside of me that was deposited today that he can breathe on. And that word will check me. See, she doesn't have the word content. Most people don't understand the purpose of the word of God. They think the word of God is for something for you to know. It's, that's not what it is for. The word of God is for something for you to become. See, the Bible says the word became flesh. Isn't that so? Yes. yes. So what was flesh supposed to become? If the word became flesh, what was the flesh supposed to become? Light. The word. The word. If a man and a woman come together, the Bible says they become one. Isn't that so? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So the man becomes more like the woman and the woman becomes more like the man. Isn't that so? Yes, it happens. That's what, that's what it is. So when the word became flesh, you and I are flesh. Jesus is the word. Christ is the word. He took on flesh. He became us and we've become him. So as you, as you go into the word, of, when it, the Bible says the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God, correct? Yes. What we've been yeah. studying today is the word. Not these little letters on our paper, but the mind behind the letters. That's the word. I think in First um, John chapter 4, yes. verse 6, it kind of addresses what mom was asking when she was saying that she never knows when, um, when, she, when she hears something whether when she responds, whether the person will accept what she said or not. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 6, it Very says, amen. 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 We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So, even somebody that has not had the has not received the infusion of the word into their body but they have accepted Jesus Christ and they have that seed of God in them when they hear us they they know that um, that they're hearing that they're hearing God Yes. Yeah. He that knoweth God heareth us. What it means there is understanding. The word hear there doesn't just mean to hear. It means if you have if you know God, when we speak, 
you will understand what we're talking about. Doesn't mean you will agree. <laughs> yes. Do you remember when Jesus accused some people of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and told them that's the only sin that will never be forgiven? Yeah, that's in the lesson today somewhere, but I couldn't find it to talk about it. Right, 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 right. That's where, where he says every sin you will forgive. Okay, you're talking about where John says there's a sin unto death. Don't pray for that. Yes. Yes. Good. That's the sin of the, against the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about here. When Jesus was speaking, he told them, I am not, he said, look, you all believe John the Baptist and he spoke about me. But I don't take, I don't take um, um, legitimacy from man's opinion about me, except what my father says about me. And he went on to say, every blasphemy, every sin committed by men can be forgiven, except the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Well, in context, he was telling them that not only had John the Baptist testified to them that he was who he said he was, but that God, his father, had also testified to them. The question is how? Inside them. Uh -huh. okay. Amen. And when they were about to betray Jesus, they said it is better that one man should die than for the Romans to come and take away our kingdom. Do you remember that? Yes. So they knew what they were doing. The Messiah had come, but he didn't come in the fashion they wanted. You see, wickedness and deceitfulness of sin is horrible. Mm. When God shows you inside, this is the way, and you know this is the way, and you reject it, God can't help you because you are not in any trouble. If you know this is the way, and you find yourself going the wrong way, and you can't bring yourself back to the right way, God will help you because you agree with God that you're going the wrong way. You see the difference? Uh-huh. Yes. So here he says, whoever knows God hears us, hears us. Okay. Remember the apostle Paul. He had a problem with lots of Christians who were Jews. But those Jews wanted to continue worshiping Jesus as Jews and keeping all the ceremonies of Jews. And mm -hmm. Paul was against that. Today, have you noticed that many of the Christian churches are trying to become Jewish? <laughs> yes. They carry ram's horn and they blow it. There's a guy out in Texas that's keeping heifers. You know these big red cows? Mm -hmm. He says because when Jesus comes back, he's going to be in Jerusalem and they're going to send all those cattle there for the daily sacrifice. He believes that. I'm sure I'll look for the documentary and send to you. Now, <laughs> he might just not be aware, he just is ignorant, fine. But what we're talking about here is people who know that what you are saying is of God. But they've built they've built edifices 
on a foundation that wasn't true. And now you come and you bring this message to them. Mm. And now they got to start all over. It's difficult. They got, they have 300 employees. They have a university. They have all these things. And you come with this message to them and say, yep. that's not the way. You don't know what you're asking them to do. It's not easy. But that itself will not cause them to lose. You can pray for those people. But a person who is told Jesus is the way, he knows inside of himself that Jesus is the way, but cannot leave it his own way, there's nothing you can do for that person. That's the sin against the Holy Ghost, the unpardonable sin. Rejecting Jesus when you knew he was the way. That is the unpardonable sin. Let nobody tell you anything else. Ever. The only unforgivable sin is knowing inside of you that Jesus is the way and rejecting it for whatever reason. Rejecting Jesus because you're not persuaded is not an unpardonable sin. God will keep working on you. So back in the days, I, I always hear people say the unpardonable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit is maybe you're mocking um, the speaking in, of speaking in tongues. And then they say, Who hasn't mocked speaking in tongues? I've not speaking they, in tongues. And then they say you're, make, you're sinning against the Holy Spirit and you won't be forgiven. This is the kind of thing... This, this is the kind of message, you know, that people just used to spread. They don't know. Now, what they're okay, let me give about. you guys an example. Can God forgive the devil? Yes. Uh -huh. No, he cannot. Does the devil run away from God? No. Okay. Every time you read in the Bible, you see the devil come to God. He comes to the Bible, says he came to the to the presence of God and he accused Job and he came to the presence of God and he accused Joshua the high priest, etc. Right? Mm -hmm. right? What did Adam and Eve do when they sinned and heard God's voice coming? They listened to it. No. They went to hide. They ran away to hide. Oh, I thought you were talking about the devil. No, no, the devil, no, no. Adam and Eve, when they heard God's voice, they took off. You wouldn't run away from God if you are, don't believe you've done anything wrong. Satan doesn't have any concept of sin. He doesn't think, he just looks at everything he does like, you know, what do you mean I killed the guy? That's my job. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let no one ever tell you that God can forgive someone who doesn't see that what they have done is wrong. Wow. John says, if we confess, let's look at it again. Let's look at it again. Chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. That's why we said the word of God is what makes you like God. So don't forget these things. Please get a highlighter. As we read, highlight your Bible. Don't treat your Bible like it's some special, you know, um, China 
write, write notes in it, do whatever you need to do. Okay. Verse nine, chapter one, verse nine, first John chapter one, verse nine, it says, if we confess our sins, the big word there is if, if he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. When was the last time you saw a lion eat a goat and say, I really feel bad about what I did to that poor goat? It's not possible. The devil cannot repent. He doesn't feel, he doesn't, he doesn't, it, 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 it's difficult to exp explain. He still, everybody says, God threw the devil out of heaven. There's no way in the Bible it says that. Do you know that? Yes. Everybody, you go to some church, there's all this, they have all these mythical stories. I wonder where they get them from. He took one third of the angels to rebel against God and God survived the revolution and threw them out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, the devil is an angel. And the Bible says at the end of time, God is going to take him and his angels after their job is done, wrap them up and put them into the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. So there's no possibility of God forgiving them. Okay, I think, because there I think, is no possibility of Satan repenting. I think going back to looking at um, the doctrines that come out of so many so-called churches, that even here in First John chapter four verse one, he says, "Amen." Hold on, chapter four. Four verse one. Okay, well, I'm there. Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Yes. So this is where, once again, that, you know, we really have to listen when somebody's speaking and they're speaking about the word of God, test it and see, does that align with the word of God? If it doesn't uh -huh. align so with that's the so word if, of God. So you have to know the word first. Before you can be certain whether yes. it is of God. You, you just touched it. It's yeah. not a matter of whether the person spoke well or didn't speak well. The question is, does what the person say align with the word? Sorry, I sorry for interrupting you. Go ahead. No, that's all I was that's all I was gonna say because Anybody can say anything. It doesn't mean that it's true. It doesn't mean that it's, that it's the word of God. And I think that the more that we study the word of God and read the word of God and understand what that word means, the less likely we are to be deceived. Correct. Yeah, Abella had a question. Yeah. Abella, you had a question you wanted to ask earlier. I don't know if you want to ask it. Yeah, now yeah, yes, about... yes, of course. Yes, I did. But before I do, I just wanted to add to what Kay just said. It's, you know, for yeah. many, for many, many years, and and even to recently, I was trying my hardest to convince someone that there was no place in the Bible where God said, "Peter, you are the Pope," and Peter. <laughs> Peter ended up in Rome and founded 
the first church in Rome, you know. <laughs> For many years, I actually argued this because I believed it because I was a Catholic. So <laughs> trying to convince someone that there's no place in the Bible that actually shows that Peter was the first pope and Peter was the one that God, Jesus handed the mantle and said, you know, here, the church is going to be built in Rome. That was some of these doctrines that for many years um, a lot of people have believed is cemented and you know it's just you can't just get people's mind away from it so yes I've got a a couple of questions and the first one was um, chapter 5 well before we go into that real quick Long before Jesus was born, there were popes in Rome. So I just want to say that. So let's continue. Yes. Another day we can elaborate on that. But go ahead. What's the question? Yeah, here? yeah. chapter 5, verse 6. So where he says, This is he who came by water and blood. And he says, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. Yes. Um, and then he went on. In chapter 8 to say and there are three that bear witness on earth the spirit the water and the blood and yes. these three agree as one i never seen seen that before um this i'm very glad you brought this up because if you have a verse 7 in your bible it should not be there I have a verse seven. Yes, it says for verse seven says for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, yes. the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And then okay. verse eight said something else. And there are right, three. I know, I know what verse eight said. I just wanted to say to everybody for the record, right. Dr. K, yes. have I ever mentioned this to you before? I think so because for whatever reason I didn't put a note in the margin, but I have verse seven highlighted and underlined. Okay. So for all of us who have the King James version of the Bible, this is one place in the New Testament where the King James has a mistake. Okay? Mm. You will notice in other translations, there is no verse 7. And many of those people who have written the other translations that I don't really like have used this as an excuse not to follow the King James. The King James, this is about one or two places only where it has a mistake. Okay. How we got there, we don't know. Okay. But verse seven should not be there. Okay. How can anybody tell me why we know verse seven shouldn't be there? Well, the the, the Holy Ghost wasn't there. He sent that Holy Ghost to us. All later. right. All right. Let's put the let's man, the Logans are cooking with gas today. <laughs> oh my God. Man, the Logans, I don't know what it is you guys ate this week, but man, I need some of that. <laughs> exactly. That is why every time Paul sent greetings, you remember he would always say, Peace to you from God our Father and his son Jesus Christ, right? That's right. He never said greetings to you from God our Father, His Son Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Ghost. Nope. Because the Holy Ghost was here with you. 
So when verse 7 says there are three in heaven, that can't be right. Okay, we don't know what got into the translators. We don't know what, what happened. Nobody can really explain this part. Okay? So I'm taking us now into something, the sort of thing Bishop Jim probably has the answer for us on this kind of stuff. Okay? So I don't know what, what happened. So we go straight from verse 6 to verse 8. Okay? I'm not saying erase it. I'm just saying put a question mark by it. Amen? Amen. All yes. right. Okay. Now, Abele, what was the question you had about that, ver about verse 6 and 8? Sorry. Well, it says there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. I don't understand why water, because I've always, um, this, this brings me to nature, the people that believe in nature and the kind of things they're believing, and water plays a big part in that, in traditional religion, African traditional religion, there's so much belief in water, which Christians see that as being um, sort of like fetish. Um, yes, so, yes, yes, um, yes. So I was seeing right. that here in the Bible. I didn't understand how the water bears witness. Baptism. Okay, let's turn to the book of John, not First John. Turn to the book of John. Hmm. Okay, chapter 19. Okay. Verse, take it from verse 33 to 36. Now, 33 to 35. God bless you. Sorry. The fan is on me. Sorry. Okay, John, that's the, the Gospel right? of John. Chapter 19, verses okay. 33 to 35. Amen. 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 Go ahead, whoever is reading. When they uh, came okay. to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, is that it? They did yes. not yes. break his leg. Yes. One of the soldiers thrust a lance into his side and immediately blood and water flowed out. This testimony has been given by an eyewitness, and his testimony is true. He tells what it is true, that it is true, and that you may believe it. Thank you. Why does the writer say, listen, you see what I just told you about the water and blood? It's true. Don't doubt me. Abela, you know that you're onto something? You're actually, like, like the sub... Like, it, I'm beginning to sense, uh, I'm having a sense of what your ministry is going to be. Because what this question you just asked now, it's like only God can make you ask that question. I can tell he's working on you. Yeah. I can tell you. Because these are some of those things you don't, I wouldn't expect you to be talking about for the next few years. You're already touching on them. You see, because the blood has a job to do on earth. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Jesus, Jesus left his blood here on earth. 
But the water also has work to do here on earth. So he left his water also. Amen? Yes. But we were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And he came on the day of Pentecost. So now in 1 John 4 or 5, wherever it was we just read, he tells us that there are three here who are witnesses. The blood of Jesus, the water of Jesus, and the spirit of Jesus. Now the question is, we said that the blood washes our sins away, right? Yes. But what does the water do? Ebele, what do they do with water in the part of Africa you were talking about? I believe they believe life came from water. I don't know. Some people believe that. Um, they use it to wash your head. Mm -hmm. Okay. For certain yeah. ceremonies, you will come, you put, have you remember when the Catholics take a baby and they say they want to do baptism? Where do yes. they pour the water on the baby? On the head. Uh -huh. yeah. Dr. K, do you remember the conversation we were having about what Brother yes. Dusil said concerning the Catholic rituals? Yes, that they're not wrong. No, 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 no. He didn't say they're not wrong. He said they have symbolic meaning to mysteries of the ancient times. That you can no no no. I never said he didn't say <laughs> no, 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 please. They are very wrong, okay? But they come from antiquity that many of us have lost. We don't understand why those things are done. Yeah. Okay? They pour the water on the head because the water is the word, okay? There's the word. It's, the, it's, it's like it's something that renews your mind. Yes. Okay? Remember it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, washing her by the washing of water by the word. Amen? Amen. Yes. Amen. Okay. So the water is symbolic of what? The word. The word. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's, so the word, we're talking about the spoken word. Okay. Is okay. that spoken word is what the Holy Ghost is using to cleanse you. Remember, Paul said, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. mind. So, when he says that uh, he came by water and blood, so Jesus yeah. came by water and blood, he came to you. As a born again Christian, he's not talking about when he came. Mm. Then, after all, every baby that is born comes by water and blood. Yeah. Okay. But he came to you by the water and the blood. You be, you received his blood, and you received his word. Why? Right, so water is synonymous with blood, um, word. Yes, the water is the and word of God. Blood is, the, blood is the, the life of God. Blood is life. Blood means life. Mm -hmm. Word means uh, um, water means word, and spirit means power. So, so I thought I thought word also means life. Means means um, 
means Jesus, really. Yes, yes. All these three things are Jesus. Mm. That's why the Bible says, in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Yeah. Remember we read that earlier today, where it says, I will send him to you. Then literally it says, I will come to you. And we said, which one is coming? Is it you or is it the Holy Spirit? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I'm hoping that you pray to God, Ebele, and tell mm -hmm. him to teach you more about these things so that when you see other things, okay, mm -hmm. wherever you go, when you see things happening, with that cultural view that you have been blessed to have, you can understand what those things mean. Do you understand? Yeah. You, cannot, you, you, you can interpret them. We I've always, I've always, I've always said to people, you know, some people from my place that this word of God, this Bible has a lot of similarities with our culture. Oh I've yeah, not, so just, not just the, the whole world. Mm. Let me tell you, if you go to Sweden, if you go to, yeah, all, if you go to Sweden, I don't care what they do, as long as it's, the, it's from the ancestral past, Mm -hmm. I'll tell them what it means in the Bible. But I don't want to go into that today, but please, mm -hmm. one day, let's go into that. Let's study that. But notice in that when you go back later on, read the book of John, this part you yeah. read where they put the spear at the side of Jesus. Yes. You will find out that when people die, waters, the, the blood system is not supposed, the heart's not supposed to be pumping. The, any yeah. medical person here, I don't know. It's unusual for a person to be dead and water and blood gush out after they're dead. Mm. And that's why the writer said they were all surprised. Yeah. All right. We've gone over our time today. Can we uh, take question, one more question before we stop? I have a question. A statement it could be a question but my sure. mother was a nurse midwife yes and she took me with her many times and she explained to me about the blood and the water at every birth and yes. most of us know that there's blood at the birth but there's also lots of water the baby is surrounded in the placenta by water yes yes <laughs> And I just wanted to mention that it's not a drop. It's a lot. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> the water so, breaks. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and just think your water breaks even before you give birth. Yes. But then during the birth process, there is at least a couple of quarts of water still to come. There you go. So I just wanted to bring that out when you were talking about water is a symbol of the spoken word. Yes. We get it in life and in death. Now, my family are also morticians and undertakers. So yes. I will ask the question about when the heart is stopped beating. Yes, yes. Now, after the heart is stopped beating, can you put a spare in the side of a person? And notice the word that they use there. Not just that water and blood came out, it says it gushed out. Now, there's only one reason 
water and blood would be gushing out. And that is if the water and blood in him was eternal life. That's what I think, but I will ask the question. Good. All right. This has been great. Man, we spent over almost two hours today. All right. Mm -hmm. So somebody have another question or want us to close in prayer? Anybody can I close us in prayer. So. I'm sorry to prolong it, but it bugged me all week not to have said something. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I have another question, but since it's yeah, late, yeah, go I'll, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, it, it was um, you know, where he says on chapter three, verse um, twenty, he talked about our heart condemning us. Yes. Now, that is for people who, like what we said earlier, know him and understand him. That is for people that are like us. Yeah. But there are people whose hearts do not condemn. There are people who do not have that conscience guiding their, their actions. Yeah. Morality differs from place to place. Yes. So in that, in that sense, I find this verse a bit... Can you read the verse to us and tell us the number? So it says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows yes. all things. Yes. Loved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. Yes. So for someone who's just eating a human being and has no conscience or, or morality and no, the heart doesn't condemn them, it's, it's just difficult to apply this verse of the Bible to, to that. So where we have different conscience, different levels of morality, different, uh, some, some, some things you do, your heart condemns you, someone else does it, and the heart doesn't condemn them. So if the heart doesn't condemn them, does it mean that they are without sin, they are, they're fine? No, um, no. Um, this is just talking about, this place here is just talking about Christians. It was talking to us. Okay. And it says, some of us have a but no problem with that for us. Mm. Right. And it's saying we cannot use our conscience to determine whether God is upset with us about something or not. It mm. says, if, by the way, your conscience doesn't bother you, you're still cool with, you're, you're even, you're cool with God. Okay? Yeah. Mm. All right. So that's all he's talking about there. It's, it's just saying that you should know the will of God from the word of God, not from your conscience. Okay. Because like you said, conscience is something that is determined a lot by your life experience. Yes. And if you use conscience to determine whether you are right with God, he's saying that's a mistake. Okay. 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 That's all. He's, so we're not, it's not, he's not against conscience. He's just saying conscience for every person can be different on the same subject yeah so i solicit your prayers i solicit your support okay i want to thank you for your time for those of you who've been faithful you know uh, supporting this work for being involved sharing these videos okay don't be don't 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 get weary don't be weary don't get tired your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day okay keep pressing on share these videos with your family and friends start watch parties on facebook over this video so your friends and family can discuss it Okay, and continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through, you know, the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay, 
So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thank you so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said, if you want to continue listening to us, to our audio, you can always go, okay, to our website. You can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes, I met Apple iTunes, I mentioned um, Spotify, and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you want these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so we won't be able to see your like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay? Hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay? Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. Okay? In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be on the road, but wherever I am, I'm going to be broadcasting from there, so the broadcast is still going to keep going, okay? So thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. See you soon.